Good nutrition is crucial, no matter what age you are. But as we age, it becomes even more important. So today, Jennifer Gilliland, registered dietitian and professional clinical counselor at ProMedica, has some great nutrition tips for those over 40. Welcome to Happily Ever After 40, a podcast brought to you by ProMedica, where we discuss midlife health and well-being. In this episode, we'll talk about nutrition for those over 40. I'm your host, Maggie McKay. Jennifer, thank you so much for making the time. Let's just dive right in. What are the top three things to consider when contemplating making nutrition changes when you're over 40? Well, thank you so much for having me here today, Maggie. That is a really great question. And although it is challenging to turn it into just three areas to look at, what I really like to start with is those small changes. So as we age, there's a lot that can be going on in our schedules and in our life. So when we can incorporate some of those smaller things, we tend to build on that consistency For a lot of men and women at this stage, I find that consistency is really, really key. So if we can make some changes and dive into things that we can continue to do over and over again for the next 5, 10, 15 plus years, that a lot of times sets us up for a lot of success so that we're not feeling overwhelmed with making those big changes. So that's the first thing. The second item is really about emotional health. And so many times we're looking at you know, with nutrition, what shouldn't we eat or what should we restrict or avoid? And really when it comes down to our emotional health, especially for us women, we tend to kind of be more emotional eaters. And, you know, we like to say we're stress eaters. So we want to pay attention to how our emotions are playing into that. And maybe some of the foods that we tend to gravitate towards based on what we might be feeling as far as stress or anxiety and that type of a thing. And the third item is about support and accountability. It's really important to have, I kind of like to call it our team of people that we can call on, that can support us when we're having a struggle, whether it's, you know, we feel like we want to eat all of the sugar in the kitchen, or we're really struggling with setting aside time for ourselves, self-care, that kind of a thing. So really important that we're looking for that support and accountability from those around us. That's so funny you bring up stress eating. Just yesterday, Jennifer, I was driving and there was crazy trapping it and I was going to be late and things were piling up and I was going to go for ice cream when I got home and I thought, that is such a lame excuse that you're just eating because you're stressed. And so I ate something else sort of in between good and bad, like nuts or something. (laughs) But I think we have to like consciously think about it, right? Yes, it absolutely has to be a conscious decision. How does the aging process compare for men versus women nutritionally? So as we're approaching 40 and beyond, the menopause period of time comes up for us, right? So we go through that perimenopause into menopause and into postmenopause. So we, as women, spend a lot of years in that menopause state, which means that our hormones can be going up and down. We can have a lot of challenges as far as hot flashes and mood swings and weight gain and belly fat and those kinds of things that no woman really wants to deal with. I have women ask me all the time, can I just avoid menopause? Unfortunately, it is not an option and it is part of our makeup. So that doesn't exclude men from having their own challenges. But for women especially, it is a time of hormonal fluctuation that can bring on just kind of this what in the world is going on with my body thought process. 
But I do also find that for men and women, it's a time change. It's a schedule change. There might be, you know, kids moving out of the house. There might be grandkids arriving. There might be changes at work that can really affect how we're taking care of ourselves, whether we are or are not showing up for ourselves as far as, you know, self-care and the nutrition choices, how much we're getting physical activity and that type of a thing. So that can be very much a struggle for both men and women. And we really need to prioritize our health from those perspectives. And what are some of the ways to stay motivated toward making nutrition changes after 40? Because motivation is key. Oh, it really is. It's a really great question. And I feel like that's the biggest part of the struggle for people is when they're really looking at how do I stay motivated? How do I stay engaged? How do I not feel like I'm failing at all of the things when it comes to nutrition and lifestyle? But it really needs to start with recognizing what it is that you want to be able to do. Is it that you want to be more active? And if that's the case, then, you know, maybe experience less joint pain or something like that. Then we need to start with maybe something like stretches or yoga or something that's gentler and softer for our body if we haven't been actively working out on a consistent basis and build from there. The smaller we can start, the more long-term change we're going to see because we won't burn out on what we're trying to do. So really looking at that end goal of what is it that we want to see happen and then how do we get there and also getting support, getting that accountability, whether we're talking to friends or coworkers or family members, there are, I guarantee you, people around you that are also feeling that lack of motivation. And the good thing is that most likely they're motivated on days you're not, and maybe you're motivated on days that they aren't. So you can kind of go back and forth and really provide that community of support and encouragement for each other. That's a good idea. And I think a lot of us have friends that are over 40 like us, but maybe they don't eat as healthily. So I always think like if I'm making plans with them to do something other than eating because I don't I don't want to be like influenced to eat fried food or whatever it is. So I say let's go for a hike instead of lunch. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. <laughs> Which I I don't know, it kind of works, but how do you determine the best nutrition plan for a person after 40? So this may sound like a really simple answer, but I say the same thing about physical activity. It's really what are you willing to stick with? So if we start a plan that seems impossible or seems like right away we're not going to make successful changes with or we're going to be very challenged with. I always talk to people about why are we starting that at all. So let's start with some changes that we're comfortable with that we know we need to modify right from the beginning. If we're thinking about short-term changes, then we're only going to get short-term results. So we want to think long-term, what am I going to be able to do today and beyond? And then making sure that it's really based on nutrition, nourishing our bodies. We talk a lot about diets and restriction and, and those types of things. And when we really look at the important foods that we want to include, it's really about nourishing our bodies and what makes us feel the best, what gives us the most energy, what do we feel like we can do each and every day. Because we really can, I know this may sound silly, but we really can eat foods and enjoy them and feel healthy. It really is possible. And as a nutritionist, what's the biggest challenge to people you see, do you think, as far as starting the change? I think the biggest challenge is trusting themselves that they are worth making the changes because it as it is a challenge and it is something that we have to show up for ourselves consistently each and every day. Doesn't mean we have to do things perfectly, but it really means that we have to give ourselves enough space and grace to 
put the effort in and actually give ourselves the time to get that physical activity in, get that meal planning done, spend time really on our own self-care and our own self-growth in order to make those changes and see the benefits long-term. I love that show up for yourself. You know, it's so simple, but it's something so many of us don't do. We'll, we'll do anything for everybody else and then we get on the back burner, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Jennifer, is there anything else you'd like to add that maybe we didn't cover or you'd like people to know? You know, just kind of going along the lines of what we just talked about, look at the impact that you can have on your own personal health in order to positively impact those around you. So many times we look at self-care as being a very selfish act that we are spending way too much time on ourselves and we need to, you know, as you mentioned, give to other people and and that we can do that. Absolutely. But we also need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves first so that we can show up as our best selves to be with the people that we care about the most and be as energetic and productive as we want to be. But it all starts with what am I doing to really focus and make an impact on my own personal health? It will make huge benefits to those around you. Thank you so much. This is invaluable information and a lot of good practical ideas that, you know, we could actually implement into our lives. Thank you so much. If you'd like to find out more, please visit ProMedica.org. That's ProMedica.org. Again, that's Jennifer Gilliland. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out our entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. Until next time, stay happily ever after 40. 40.